Again, if this is your first time tuning into the Move Swiftly podcast, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you. I know you'll be back for more. To all my regular listeners, we are about to witness you. You guys are about to witness history right now. Right now, there is a Good Council Falcon and a St. John's Cadet <laughs> connected on one podcast. Oh man, how things have grown, how things have changed. You know, with all that, all jokes aside, you know, I, as again, as you regular listeners know, me and Todd, we played football together, came like brothers. We were into the same work. And I, I listened to a lot of his work. And recently, Todd put out a book named Athlete, to, uh, titled Athlete to Entrepreneur. And as I was reading the book, there was just tons of stories, tons of people that I connected well with. And this next guest was, you know, as I was reading his chapter, it was so many similarities, so many things about his story that were like my story that I reached out. I gave him a shot him a DM and luckily he responded and now he's on the show. So with all that, Mr. Miles Mensa, welcome to the Move Swiftly podcast. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me on. I'm doing good. I love I love how you said the you know the good council of St. John's connection. I, I love to hear that WCAC action, but yeah, I'm doing good. I'm telling a lot of people, my nephew now, he's 10, and he is like swears by St. John's. Like he, me and him are always going at it. So <laughs> I really have a feeling that he's gonna actually make me put on that that uh, silver and red or whatever it is you guys wear he's gonna actually make me put on one of those saint john's shirts one of these days i can't <laughs> believe it it might it might actually have to happen because he loves y'all but i ain't go front man you guys you know as as i grow older i realized the importance of having that network and being able to just connect and you know the guy who started under kevin Plant, he went there so it's it's all love when you grow up and things like that so yeah absolutely and even not even just from school to school, but, you know, you're in the area or you're around the country, uh, people are familiar with, with, you know, where you went to school and especially as an athlete, what's going on in that realm. So networking is huge when it comes to that type of stuff as well. Right. So I really want to kind of get this start off because I'm I came up as a football player and I was as a fan. I looked at basketball quite a bit. But I was I was always kind of envious towards the baseball system because you guys have a solid feeder system to where, you know, there's farm clubs, there's things that, in my opinion, you do it better than all of them, than both football and basketball. Can you just talk a little bit about how you got involved with baseball? And, you know, once you got to St. John's, you went to Hofstra and things like that. So how when, when did you kind of get started with baseball? Yeah, I, mean, I think I was like every kid growing up who got exposed to sports played everything when you know at a young age you know soccer football basketball baseball 
I ran, tried, like, everything. Um, and then I guess as I got older, all the sports started dwindling down, football, basketball, baseball. I uh, did the Little League thing. I guess I was just I, – I guess I was attracted to baseball because it was a, it was a warm-weather sport. You're, you're playing – for the most part, you're playing, you know, in warm weather, and I just – I liked it the most. So uh, I really took that – and, and ran with it. I, I played, I was a multi-sport athlete until I got to high school, until I got to St. John's. And then I just started, you know, training for baseball year round, training for the spring. And then you had the summer and the fall seasons as well. But yeah, I really, I played all sports up until I was about 13, 14 years old. And then um, just really doubled down in baseball. It took a lot of work, you know, to get to play mm -hmm. the college level. Um, yeah, and, and then I, I went up to Hofstra, New York and, and played ball there for, I guess I'll say three years because my, my senior year, um, COVID actually two years because I was a mm -hmm. redshirt, but right. you know, COVID COVID set my senior year short. Yeah. But then, you know, so I went up to Hofstra played, had a good experience. Um, and I really grew as obviously as an athlete, but as just like a person and a man, mm -hmm. um, had a lot of great experiences, uh, a lot of ups and downs, but you know, they really, I guess, drove me into who I am today and what I'm doing and how I care of myself. So I'm really thankful for the opportunities that I was given, um, you know, from the age of 14 up until 22 when I graduated. Now, that's interesting. What made you pick Hofstra, though? Because as someone that went to Stony Brook, you know, I, I initially wanted to go to Hofstra to play football. Luckily, I didn't because the football program was cut that year that I got to Stony Brook. <laughs> What 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 was it about Hofstra? Was it that they were the only school that recruited you? You know, did you want to be in Long Island? What what was it about them that that made you want to go there? There were a couple things. First, I will say academics. They they uh, are a pretty good school. I would say very yeah, good school for academics. Definitely. Um, with you know a lot of a lot of pathways you want to take, they have great programs, and that was huge for me. Um, I I wasn't good enough to go play in a Power Five, but I wanted to play in a competitive conference and the CIA, which if you saw today, we're, we're what, January 25th, it's only book is now in the CIA, but. Oh yeah, yep. Um, we basically took your, we actually just basically took your position because it used to be the Atlantic 10, where it was UMass yeah. and New Hampshire and then became the CIA and then Stony Brook paid basically. I, I actually remember Coach Golf telling us that when he was recruiting us, like we were really looking to, to be a part of that well, conference where you're playing Richmond and JMU and those kinds of schools. Right, yeah. Um, but they played in a, a solid conference for baseball, and baseball is different where there are a lot of smaller and mid-major schools that have competitive baseball programs. Um, and Hofstra played in that conference. They weren't at the top of the conference, but, like, for that reason, you know, I saw a shot to step in as a freshman or at least have <laughs> a shot. So I, I saw it was a good fit for me academically and – um, being from the DMV and metropolitan area, I wanted to go to a school that had um, an urban feel and, and right. to kind of fit that. So, Shout out to the DMV. Man, I love <laughs> to hear that. I love to hear that, man. So, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I read your book. I'm looking at your chapter right now, and I want to read a paragraph to you that really hit home for me because there was a lot of a lot of things that you said in this that, that I resonated with. You said, when I was a baseball player at Hofstra, I learned the hard way that feeling, sorry for yourself and blaming other people or events for what happened will not take you where you want to go. 
my unfortunate events happened to me in college, like a severe injury that led me to an emergency surgery on the first day of practice. During my freshman year, I also had coaches tell me I would never be good enough to play for the program. Let me tell you, I have that entire paragraph highlighted and underlined. Can you speak to that a little bit? And not only, you know, what specifically happened to you, what, you know, what happened to you, but how did you overcome those feelings? Because I know from experience, those are things that last a lifetime, man. <laughs> I mean, for you to put so much work into getting to a certain school and then a coach tells you you're not good enough. I mean, those are feelings that last for a very, very long time. So can you just kind of speak on that a little bit? Yeah, um, it was tough. Like, I, you know, the first day of practice in the fall going in in September of my freshman year, I had a really bad, like, freak injury. Um, and, you know, I said that in the book because I guess mentally throughout my whole freshman year, it was tough. It was tough for me because I did it. Like, before my injury, coaches were high on me to, you know, to, to impact the team as a freshman. But now this was a, was a lower leg injury. Yeah, this was a lower leg injury. Uh, similar, it's the same injury that, or it's a worse injury than like Tyler Lockett had or Michael Pittman had a couple of years ago. It's called compartment syndrome where it, there's problems with your muscle and the blood flow in your lower oh. leg by your calf. But um, anyway, it was, it was tough for me because, you know, growing up, I was at that point, I was 18 years old. All I wanted to do was play baseball, frankly. You know, academics, mm -hmm. I didn't really care about them at that point. Um, but all I wanted to do was play baseball, and I couldn't. And my career was a lot different because I didn't come back the same player as I was. And nothing on the baseball field felt, uh, I would say, organic and, and natural as it did in the past before I, was in, before I got injured. And that showed mentally, it showed physically. And it just it stopped being fun for me for, at, a at a certain point in time. And coaches definitely saw that. And I would, you know, I, I had a lot of people I could, I had a good support system, but there came a time where I could tell that people just didn't want to hear me complain. And mm. I'm not saying I was complaining like, you know, coach doesn't have me do this, coach doesn't want me to do that. But it was more so just, I felt like I could have been in a better position than I was. And a lot of the, a lot of it was, be, was for reasons that I couldn't have changed, you know, it was because of my injury. Um, but I, I, there was a point of time my freshman year where all I did was really think like, what was me? And then I, I realized that nobody was, and even myself, that wasn't going to get me anywhere. That wasn't going to get my support system anywhere. And I could tell that it was time for me to, to have a, a, like a different thought process. And I guess I just kind of pulled my head down and, and kept working as I was, even when I was injured and maybe I was upset with myself, upset with my circumstances, I still worked hard because that's my DNA. But I, I, I think that the mentality of working hard mm -hmm. is, is just as important as the physical work that you put in. Um, it's, it's going to be, well, if you're doing this, if you're playing a sport or you, you know, in the, in the real world working or whatever, I think mentality has to connect with uh, physical, you know, physical things that you're doing to get the, the best success. And I would say uh, the best results. Man, listen, uh, and teammates, I, I hope you guys catch that because it happened so quickly and it happened within the blink of an eye. You have got to, I mean, the work, and I'm not, uh, listen, we, he and I are not on here 
trying to take that dream away from you of playing pro, whether you're trying to go to the NBA, you're trying to go to MLB, or you're trying to go to the NFL. We're not taking that dream away from you. What we are doing is how allowing you to see the mindset and figuring out how to apply it to other things because it is so important. You never know when your last play is going to happen. It can happen right now. And if you are if you are in this place where you think that this sport is just going to take you forever or take you to wherever it is you want in life and you just kind of let these these things go in one ear and out the other, you will crumble with it. You, you, you do not want to be in a situation where you're in a great school and you're having this pity party. It, it is so important. I'm glad you brought that out. I'm glad you mentioned that because so many young athletes need to hear that. It's so important that they get a hold of that. Yeah, it is. It is important for young athletes to hear that. And I, I mean, you hear like this is cliche, but mm-hmm. it's really it's really important in, in this in as an athlete to hit adversity, to 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 hit tough times because you really get to see in those times of what type of what type of makeup you have, and if you even if you want to play pro, if you have what it takes to get to that point. Because there's, I mean, obviously there's you know the freaks and the phenoms, but most you know majority of athletes that are playing professional right now have had plenty of ups and downs and um they have the right mindset to get there and i feel like it's good to go through those things early um right because you get to figure out what you need to work on you know between the ears which is just as important as being you know a freak athlete right right and, and you use the i believe you used the term in the chat in the chapter that it fueled you and, and it allowed you to really go after specifically what you wanted so what is it public re- public relations was your major, correct? Yeah, yeah, I studied public yes. relations. I, so <laughs> what what you know what made you want to go that route? Because now at this um, point, I'm sure you're you're focusing on your academics. I can tell you when I tore my ACL, that's when in my mind I was like, all right, I gotta get my I gotta get my shit straight. I gotta get my business together. <laughs> I gotta know specifically what it is I want to do. What what puts you towards the public the public relations? Yeah. I guess it's that's a good question. I'm two years out of school now. I graduated 2020. Um, I, you know, I started out business, but I, I really, I really was interested in what else Hofstra had to offer. And the communications right. program at Hofstra, public relations and mass communications, broadcasting, journalism at Hofstra were one of the best programs, um, best in the country. And I felt like one of my strong suits. Um, naturally was being able to communicate, being able to write, read, um, and, and I guess interp- in, interpret other people and, and how and messages that they have to say, whether it's on paper, whether it's uh, verbally or whatever. So I just took some classes in that and it, it really came naturally that I wanted to study uh, communications um, and then specifically public relations and being able to act as I guess a liaison for a company or a firm or or a sports team or whatever um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that was something I wanted to do and but that was early in my you know college days as I as I got into my junior senior year uh, I guess my my studies they did help me but I'm on a totally different path now but I think that taking my studies seriously and and really yeah. diving in you know set up a good foundation for where I'm at today so Right, because you actually you mentioned this and you also mentioned this in the chapter as well is you were going to work for the Nationals. And I personally have attended several networking events with the Nationals. You you really place an emphasis and you place an importance and obligation 
on networking. You know, use one of my favorite terms in terms of your network is your net worth. Can you, well, just because the listeners, for the people who haven't read the book, can you just kind of describe a little bit about what you were going to do with the Nationals had it not been for the coronavirus and all that, just for the folks that are looking to get a job in sports and things? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so in 2020, I was supposed to work for the Washington Nationals in their player development department, which is basically like the minor leagues. And I was going to work with one of their team, one of their minor league teams dealing with a lot of uh, technology and data that is available in baseball to help get the players get better, to track mm-hmm. their progress, um, and to just act as an aid and an extra, an extra coach, basically, that, you know, the, the eye can't see, that the human eye can't see. There's a lot of technology and data out there to help the players get better. And I was going to act as, it was an internship um, that I actually got to do in the beginning of 2021. So fast forward a year. Oh, but, you did, oh so, okay. So you were able to do it. All right, cool. Yeah, I was able to do it. Um, you know, that after the book came out is when everything came, came to fruition. But basically, you know, working in the minor leagues, uh, as not a coach, but maybe an extension of the coaching staff for the Washington mm-hmm. Nationals. So that's what I was able to do. And um, COVID took that away my first, you know, my first year right out of college. But the Nationals were, you know, good to me. And they were able to offer me a position back after or at least in 2021. Nice. So how was that? How was that experience? Man, it, it was a really great experience. You got to live the life of uh, uh, a minor league baseball player and, you know, mm-hmm. playing in college, playing in high school. I, I connected really well and it was, it was, it it felt like home for me. I always knew I wanted to work in sports when I was done. You know, I'm sure you're, you're, you know what I'm talking about, but when sports are your whole life, you don't really see another path. And, but I guess you can connect that to, you know, different industries. But for me, I I really wanted to stay in baseball and I wanted to get into the baseball operations side. So that was my first gig um, after college, which was a really great experience. And I learned a lot about the game and, the business of the game as well yeah you know my the i live in south florida now and what allowed me what made me move to south florida was the job offer that i got from the miami dolphins and it wasn't it wasn't even with the like the organization it's the miami dolphins foundation and this mm-hmm. was a position i didn't even know existed coming out of college and it was all sales it was all working with just regular people and had i known that these kind of positions existed in college, it would have been a completely different search, Miles. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't know that you can create your own 501c and 501c3 and then go out and sell, serve. Like, we would have garage sales, older, like, the, the players, players weren't issued stuff that we just sell at a garage sale to the community, donate equipment to local high schools, all kinds of things that a lot of people don't know, especially us as players, where we're so we have tunnel vision and we're playing. And in my mind, when I graduated, it was either you coach, scout, or play. I didn't realize yeah. there was all these other things that are going to help build this organization or help build a, a, a pro organization. Yeah, there's there's a there's a ton of stuff that goes into professional sports, a ton of jobs, a ton of different avenues avenues that you can take. But as a college athlete or just a college student, it's mm-hmm. important that you one you network if, if that's what you're interested in but two you know you take your studies seriously there are you know a lot of athletes that don't really um put a put as much effort into their into school until later in their career and sometimes it comes back to bite them or sometimes it maybe just kind of puts them behind the eight ball but i would encourage all mm-hmm. you know student athletes from the jump to 
to focus or at least just to think about, you know, when they're done playing their sport and it might be, they might be playing pro for a couple of years afterwards. Um, but, you know, what, what can I do next or what interests me or what, you know, who do I know or who can help me um, do something that I want to do off the field or off the court? Right. Because, again, this was something you had actually mentioned. And I'd, I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit because you had a teacher that I want to say you met at Hofstra, but she introduced you to a group of mayors or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, you're like, yo, I don't I'm not into politics. But next thing you know, you're working with them on initiatives and things like that. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's crazy. And it's kind of, it brings back to the networking point, but uh, yeah, I had a teacher at, at Hofstra and her brother-in-law uh, worked for a organization of mayors of U S mayors of cities across the country. And mm -hmm. she had, and it was, uh, the organization is in DC and she knew I was from, you know, I was from DC. So she was like, Hey, I want to introduce you to my brother-in-law. He works for the United States Congress of mayors. And, and this was head, your, like, just your teacher that you had at, at school, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a good relationship. Like teacher we had at school, I just was a good student, mm -hmm. a good person and, and connected really well. And she asked, That's she what told I'm me saying. That. Like, you know, I hate to cut you off, but yo, you know, students listening in right now, you know, build those relationships. And I've been to three different schools and very rarely do you get an opportunity to work with professors and, and it's because as athletes you want to sit in the back you want to chill you want you know you want to just be cool but if you sit up in the front you know get to know your professors and these kind of opportunities happen for you when you actually let yourself be known in class you know my bad my sometimes i cut people only because when people start really talking that let talking that shit it's like man i gotta i gotta make sure that point gets emphasized for you go ahead man no, no you're good it's, it's true um it's absolutely true and there are, there are a lot of opportunities that, that you don't know are out there for you when, when you talk to professors or get, get involved with what's happening at school. Even in, right. I'm kind of side, getting sidetracked, but even a lot of athletic programs have, you know, um, student or athlete development programs and they introduce you to people, they have career fairs and all that. But anyway, um, yeah, so she said she'll introduce me to her brother-in-law and I'm like, I don't want to work in politics. And she, was, she said, no, he works in sports. He just works for, you know, a, a public service group, but it, they do, they work in sports. I'm like, okay. So after I found out, well, it was during the pandemic, but I found out that I couldn't, you know, work for the Nationals the summer after I graduated. Uh, I called my professor up. She puts me in touch with her brother-in-law. And it turns out that uh, the work that he was doing with the group was directly connected to the MLB. Um, because they, they were doing, they had a contract with MLB for, to basically have programs and, and things involved to help younger kids get involved in baseball in the inner cities and, and places where, you know, areas where that are probably underdeveloped and baseball is an expensive sport. So they wanted to find ways to introduce the sport of baseball to these kids who might not have a chance, you know, on their own. Mm. Um, which was super, it was super interesting and it was a really good opportunity. Uh, so I had an internship with them and I gained more connections with people who were working, you know, at the commissioner's office um, at MLB, which is right on my avenue. So they, they sold it to me as, listen, like this sounds like something you wouldn't want to do, but I promise if you, if you get on board with us and you, you are on our calls and, and, and our meetings and everything, we'll introduce you to people that can help you get, get to where you want to go. And, that was exactly what it was. So um, I'm really happy I had that opportunity as well. And everything nice, kind of nice. just, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. America. No, I, I was just gonna. I was gonna ask you a little bit too. Like, when did so you were doing that? And I, I know you mentioned this as well that you started working with self published in thirty days as well. Correct. Oh man, yeah. That was. This was all during twenty twenty. You know, peak pandemic quarantine. Uh, mm-hmm. I was introduced to Taj, as you know Taj too, and um, we, you know, got on each other's podcasts. And then later on in the year, he knew I was doing my podcast, and I have you know, editing skills, both video and audio. And uh, he was at self-published in 30 days and um, they, they, they needed some help on that realm, the social media and audio and video editing, which I, you know, have skills in because I was doing it on my own for my own platform. Yeah. Um, so he brought me on board and I, I started, you know, started working with self-published as well, which is another, you know, networking opportunity. So uh, everything that's why my chapter is called full circle because all the things that i preached or just talked about in my chapter um i i ended up like get, gaining opportunities through doing those things and i really didn't realize and when i sat down and wrote my chapter i was like wow all the things that happened or all the opportunities i i got were because i did these things it's magic man it's magic and and i love the the fact that you mentioned how you started writing it down because that's something I, I've heard, actually, I've heard Oprah say this. I've heard just tons of people who've reached these levels of success, these like colossal levels of success is like, write it down, slow down. Now, I, I was not a fan of the pandemic. I hated the fact that a lot of people lost their loved ones for the coronavirus and all that. But the fact that it made it slow us down, go right and just really look back and say, this is everything I've accomplished. Because once you put it on paper, you just sit back and you say, wow. I can take over. <laughs> I can, it's, almost, it's almost like the night Obama was elected. I don't know if you were in D.C. that night, but I was, I was in D.C. that night. And it's like, there's no telling, there's no not telling, like, we can take over the world once we saw that. Like, that was oh, a yeah. different night. <laughs> like, yo, there's no telling, especially us, us young Black men, there's no telling, like, we can go to the moon and back if we saw President Obama do that. So the, the writing is so important. And just the ability to go out and introduce yourself to someone and say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do, you know, and and let's just keep moving. I, I, I am a fan of that. I, I'm addicted to that kind of that, that mentality. Absolutely. You're right. You're 100 percent right. And by the way, uh, Darren Palmer, call, we got to get you on the show, bro. We've had Todd. We've <laughs> had YB. We've had Sarah. Now we got another one. Darren Palmer, come on, bro. <laughs> this is this is it. I, I have your whole team on, man. I'm trying. We gotta get. We gotta set something up. I just have to put that out there because I've been I've been trying to get him on the show for a couple of weeks now. Even though you are a Cowboys fan, I'm not not too liking that. But I'll let that slide. <laughs> uh so yeah, man. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about your podcast and what you got coming down the pipeline. You know, when did that when did that get started? Yeah, it's student athlete combo, correct? Yeah, truthfully. Um, once I got into, I guess, mid, mid 2021, I, I had to step back from the podcast cause I had a lot of work going on with the nationals and then, and baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's still, you know, out there on, on platforms. And I have a blog or website as well that has a lot of really good content and student athlete combo was basically a podcast to help whether, you know, current student athletes or high school athletes I want to play in college, even parents who, you know, have kids who, who want to get to the collegiate level, um, right. anyone involved, involved in that realm. It, it has a lot of advice, uh, a lot of stories of athletes at the college level. I have a lot of pros in baseball, basketball, 
um, football on the podcast as well, talking about, you know, when they started in high school to college, the professional or things they had to do to get to college, their recruiting mm-hmm. process, uh, how they how they balance athletics and how they balance academics, social life, everything. It has like the whole nine yards about being a student athlete starting in high school all the way up to college into pro into the pro level. So it's a really good, you know, it's a really good, I would just say, I'll say it's a, a guideline and it's kind of like a resource for people in, in the world of, of college sports or wanting to get to that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I listened to the, I think it was the point guard for the university of Maryland. I, I his name just slipped out of my head. Uh, girl or guy? The guy, the guy, the one that went to St. John's. Uh, Reece, oh, Reese Mona, yes. Reese, yeah, that was it, yeah. And he was he was talking about how, you know, he would do homework on away games, you know, like there's <laughs> some people watching game film and he's he's doing homework and he was able to graduate within two years or something like that. And I I actually have a lot of teammates that have done that same thing. So there's there's no excuse for you guys, especially the ones that are at those top, top schools and they make you be there. Like you have to be there in the summer, both summer sessions, winter. There's no excuse why you should not be walking out of there with a degree. All right. No oh, excuse. Yeah. There's absolutely no excuse. There's too many of you guys that 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 just go there. But I'm, I'm telling you, there's no excuse why you should not walk out of there with a degree and have your lives, not only your life, but your family lives improved when there's so many different resources out there to help you no more excuses no more excuses that is the takeaway for today's episode if you've been keeping up with us stop making the excuses get out there get your butt out there and just grind grind there is light at the end of the tunnel and i get i get you're going through whatever you're going through go out there and grind so you know miles i mean can you just kind of tell us what's next what you got planned what's going on what you got going on what can people expect when they when they see you five years from now and things like that yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, definitely, you know, studentathletecombo.com. Um, that's still that's still up and running. To tell you the truth, though, I'm I'm like you just said, you know, get your butt out there and grind. I'm trying to find like my it. way in the in the baseball industry, which is like a lot of industries, but in the sports world, you know, when you're working with a team, uh, or it's 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 super tough to get your foot in the door. There, uh, there's a lot of people who want you know very minimal jobs. And mm-hmm. you got to be some of the, you got to be, you know, the best candidate for the job and you really got to put yourself out there. So in five years, hopefully um, I'm, you know, full time in, in a spot, helping, helping a baseball team and MLB baseball team, put a good product, put a good team on the field and, and um, win a world series. That's, that's my goal for five years, wherever I am. But that, that's really my, you know, my five-year plan. I'm not, I'm not really focused on, um, my platform right now I'm just kind of focused on focusing in on my career uh there's a lot of work I'm working a lot and and meeting a lot of people and just continuing to grind and and keep pushing so let's go let's go well I appreciate you man appreciate you now before I officially close there's one thing I do with all my guests I want you to kind of use your imagination a little bit and and just go back to that freshman year at Hofstra where you're going through an injury you're losing, you're, you're kind of in transition. You're really having a tough time adjusting. And now with your, you know, your clear vision of what you want to do now, I want you to just kind of speak to that person and, and give them some words of encouragement, give him some words of encouragement. Go. <laughs> this is going to be kind of funny, but I, so 18 year old Miles, um, relax, man. Uh, 
you're going to get to where you want to be with, with the, with the mindset that you have. Um, don't, don't feel like the world is crashing down on you. Take everything one day at a time and keep being, you know, the hardest working person on the field, uh, you know, in the weight room and, and keep impacting people and keeping a good friend, good teammate and, and a, you know, a good light in everyone's lives and, and you'll be, you'll be fine. Um, you know, sometimes we have goals and, and we want to get to them tomorrow. We want to get to them next week. But a lot of goals and a lot of dreams are going to take a lot of work and they're going to take a lot of time. And you definitely should show some more patience. Um, but you'll get there, you know, with the, with the path that you're on and the, and the mind that you have. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. Nothing. All right, so what I want to talk about tonight is why Deuce. are your friends so annoying? It doesn't make any sense. These oh. are the people you have picked to be with. You're like these people, and yet everything that they oh. do, you're never going to the right restaurant. You're like, I keep my friends close, enemies on a leash like Me and my haters is literally Siamese I can define me, but if I let my friends do it They tell you I'm some bipolar, hard drug user The J gets smaller, I'm loving my zone No surrounded by an entourage, I feel like I'm alone A long way from normal, I try to keep it cordial I made some new friends, meet recording and touring Shout out to my nigga, it's now for a nigga Though some niggas back home ain't proud of a nigga They don't see my vision, grown man mission They all see my life from I'm a child in position, I'm the mouth of the district Nobody wear a carter, my heart is in the monument Saliva's in the harbor, so tell me all my followers Am I wrong for barking, am I wrong for thinking I was better off at college, at least I'd be stable Yeah, slightly less popular, but wouldn't be the topic Of my few friends talking, a few niggas talk But they do without knowledge, I do self-evaluate Yeah, I know I got some problems, can't change who I am I just try to get better, so in the meantime Keep it moving or accept that all will respect that. Even if you've had a relationship with someone, or let's say, especially if you've had a relationship with someone, and you try and become friends afterwards, it's very difficult, isn't this? It's hard because you know each other so well, you know? You know all each other's tricks. It's like two magicians trying to entertain each other. You know, and then one goes, look, a rabbit. The other one goes, so? <laughs> You always say you wasn't ready for no man But I wasn't having that I gave you everything I had Not everything I had Or the very things you have Tricking king of the court Small forward Cash where your whereabouts baby I care about your lady And I bet you all them letters In your mailbox waiting and I ain't never planned to be famous, so I'ma take that rubber off I wouldn't mind having babies with a homegirl, best friend, lover, all that Ex-boyfriend was back, she had enough of all that Look me in my eyes, say if you take it, I'ma give it And if I give it to you, don't you treat me like them bitches, please, Wale She used to call me late, one day she called me early Then tell me that she late, fuck you mean, see my hands start to shake I ain't looking in her eyes, but her face Cause tears falling down made me ache We should just ignore it, you know we can't afford it She said, I cannot believe that you say we should afford I would not support it, rather till you caught it And I ain't want no nigga from the jump, you ignored it You just had to force it, you had to keep going Now that little pre-cum gon' be having me swollen As we go forward, I came back from touring The DNA results, congrats ex-boyfriend In the case of seven-month-old Jeremiah 